Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour on this football Friday. Beautiful day in Philadelphia today, and we got a great weekend of Philadelphia sports all culminating on Monday night in Kansas City. Big game for the birds, but we got a great show planned for today on our football Friday. We'll take a look at last night's Thursday night football game. I said the Bengals were going to win that game. I think they had a shot if Burrow doesn't go down, but we'll talk about that. We'll take a look around the NFL, some big games on Sunday. We'll obviously look at the matchups for Monday night between the Chiefs and the Eagles. And like I said yesterday, guys, I want to talk a little bit about Nick Sirianni and if he is the best coach right now in the NFC. So we'll get into all of it today, but I see my Power Hour crew already checking in in the chat. I love it. Wine Niners, wine in the house early. Taking a shot at my man, Nelson Aguilar. I want to bring up Nelson Aguilar in a second, but we'll talk about it. Good to see you, Wine Niners, wine. Bounder Johnson, appreciate the kind words. Chuck Hutton, back from his Irish vacation. Hope you had a good trip to Ireland, Chuck. Thanks for checking in in the chat. Appreciate the kind words. Billy Ray is in the house. Tampa Eagle, good morning from Tampa. We got another person. Bounder Johnson is in Tampa as well. Good to see you. Who else we got here today? Wheels, MC. Let's get a little roll call going. Who else is here on this fabulous football Friday? Twiz in the house. Good morning. Hope everybody's got some good plans this weekend because we get another Sunday of being able to sit on the couch watching Red Zone. As I've said before, I don't get the luxury to do that as much anymore because we do the Jacob Sports game day shows, which is great. But it's nice every once in a while to be able to sit there and watch seven hours of commercial-free football on the Red Zone. Denise Larada checking in. Good morning to you. Decoy Gaming, good morning. FF Explorer. BJJ, 77 in the house. And I think you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, right? That's what the BJJ stands for. So don't mess with WCBJJ, man. He gets you on the ground. You're in trouble. Chip Snapper, good morning. Love it. Well, since you guys keep bringing up Nelson Aguilar in the chat, let's take a look at last night's Thursday night football game. Aguilar with a big touchdown in that game. Good morning, David. I see you in the chat. Laprati Jr., good morning. Go Birds. Yeah, WCBJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so... He gets you on the ground, you're in trouble. But let's take a look at last night's game. I said yesterday on the show that I thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to pull that game out. It was a must-win for them, or as close to a must-win as you can get right now at this point in the season because let's take a look 
at the updated standings here now because with the Baltimore Ravens winning that game, Bengals dropped to 5-5, five and five, and the Ravens are 8-3. and three. It's going to be tough for the Bengals to climb back in. But none of that's going to matter if Joe Burrow is out for any extended period of time. And it was interesting last night. You see him throw that touchdown pass, and then he immediately grabs his hand, and then you saw it on the sidelines when he was trying to see if he could grip a football. Just couldn't do it. So you got some conspiracy theorists saying, hey, how come it wasn't on the injury report? Did this something that happened before? There's video of him wearing something on his hand getting off the plane. Who knows? But if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, you got no shot without Joe Burrow. And we've talked about that on the show before. All the injuries to these starting quarterbacks this year. But if your quarterback goes down, you're done. I don't care how good of a coach you are. I don't care how good of a team you have. If your starting quarterback goes down nine times out of ten, your your season's over. Eagles got a little bit lucky having BDN, Nick Foles, sitting on the bench in 2017. And that's why when I see you guys taking shots at Nelson Aguilar, look, I know he had some rough seasons here in Philly. None worse than that epic You'll still see the video from that guy, I forget his name, who was catching babies out of the burning building saying, we were catching them, unlike Aguilar. That was one of the best videos ever. Still gets floated around. But you look at Nelson Aguilar during our 2017 season. I just talked about Nick Foles. But you look at Nelson Aguilar that season, he had a pretty good year for this Philadelphia Eagles team. And really contributed to them winning Super Bowl 52. You look at Aguilar, pulled up his stats. In the regular season that year, he had 62 catches, 768 yards, and eight touchdowns. Pretty damn good for your wide receiver, too, on that team. Because remember, they had Alshon Jeffrey. You still had Zach Ertz at tight end catching a ton of balls. And then you look at what he did in the playoffs. In the divisional game against the Falcons, targeted three times, had three catches. NFC Championship game against the Vikings, targeted four times, had three catches for 59. But you look at what he did in the Super Bowl, and I see Dank Kelly Green Burrito, good morning to you, checking in, saying he came up big in the Super Bowl. In Super Bowl 52, Nelson Aguilar was targeted 11 times. He had nine catches for 84 yards. So I know all of the rough seasons that Aguilar had in this town and all of that chatter about him dropping balls, him needed to be benched that one year to get his head right. He came up big when we needed it. So I will never say a negative word about Nelson Aguilar because he came up big and helped us win Super Bowl 52. But coming up big, Ravens are going to need him because Mark Andrews is being reported is going to be out for the season for Baltimore. One of the best tight ends in the NFL. One of the best weapons on that Ravens offense for Lamar Jackson. Did you see the stat they showed last night on the game? I forget the exact numbers. But it was how many touchdowns Lamar Jackson had thrown when Mark Andrews was on the field. And it was zero touchdowns he's thrown when Mark Andrews is not on the field. So just interesting. That could be a big loss 
But they got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. OBJ looked like the OBJ of old last night, Odell Beckham Jr. Had a big game. That rookie Zay Flowers looks like he's a stud playmaker. But that is a big loss for a team with Super Bowl hopes, the Baltimore Ravens. But they took another step forward, which makes this game for the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night a really big game. When you look at the AFC number one seed picture, just like the Eagles are fighting for the number one seed in the NFC with all these teams coming up behind them, the Ravens and the Chiefs are battling. Ravens are now 8-3. and three. Chiefs are 7-2. and two. Let's hope the Chiefs drop to 7-3 and three after Monday night. And I see Dan Kelly Green Burrito. Aguilar was our best slot receiver in years, and we haven't had one as good since Aguilar was in Philly. And then Andy B in the chat saying, come on, Dank. You can't be serious. Well, who else did we have that we could say was a true slot receiver? I mean, look, right now, you got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I know they're outside receivers, but Devontae does work in the slot. But I'm trying to think who they've had since Aguilar that could fill that slot position that you would say was leaps and bounds above Nelson Aguilar. But look at us going way back. Wine Niners Wine talking about Jason Avant. Now, that's going way back. When I used to work for the Eagles, Avant was on the team. Avant was a sure-handed slot receiver. Wasn't going to beat you deep, but he was a sure-handed slot receiver. Johnny Bottles checking in. Good morning, Johnny Bottles. Do you think the weather will play a part in Monday night's game? Yeah, I find it hard to look at the weather this early. I know they already put out what the weather forecast is, but you know it changes, man. It changes all the time, so I haven't really even looked at it. Now you guys are just throwing out some bad names. Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is still in the league, which is crazy. He didn't do anything while he was here. But, all right. But a good weekend of sports. Before we look at our NFL Sunday and which games we have this weekend, our Flyers have two big games this weekend. The three-win-in-a-row Flyers on a winning streak playing some good hockey. Big test on Saturday. The best team in the NHL is coming to Philly, the Vegas Golden Knights. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock. So an afternoon game in Philadelphia. Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights in the house. Carlos Drew, good morning. I see you. <laughs> flooding. Chuck Hutton says they're flooding the field as we speak in Kansas City. Please, don't bring up bad memories, man. Don't bring up bad memories. But two big games for the Flyers this weekend. We went, we're not going to talk any Flyers today. It is a football Friday. But just two big games. Saturday, Vegas Golden Knights in the house at 1 o'clock. The best team in the NHL. Then they play one of the worst teams in the NHL on Sunday, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Both games are at home in Philly. Let's hope they can keep this winning streak going. But good test on Saturday. And then our 76ers, we won't do any Sixers talk today either. But big game tonight. Let's see if they can bounce back. They're on a two-game losing streak, lost two in a row. That in-season tournament is tonight. If they want to do anything, if you guys are into this in-season tournament, they probably need to beat Atlanta tonight to stay in the mix for that in-season tournament. And then on Sunday, they play the Brooklyn Nets. Two winnable games for this Sixers team on Friday and Sunday. 
I see Carlos Drew in the chat talking about how we need to establish the run early. We'll get there. We will get there. I will talk about this Kansas City Chiefs matchup. If you guys don't follow me already, I've told you before, head on over to Instagram, at Legal Hands to the Face. I've been posting videos the last couple days about some of the matchups. One of the ones I did talk about was establishing the run early, and we will get into it today because that, like we say every week, could really be a recipe to win this football game against a Chiefs defense that has been excellent against the pass, not as good against the run, but we'll get there later on. Let's take a quick look, though, around the NFL. What games can we watch on Sunday while we wait for the big matchup on Monday night? One o'clock games, you got the Cowboys in Carolina against the Panthers, and the Cowboys again are a double-digit spread. They are favored by 10.5 in that game, coming off a game against the Giants where they were favored by, what, 17? So you're going to hear the Cowboys fans, I'm sure, on Monday talking about how great their team is again because all Dallas does is dominate bad teams. That's all they do. They do it better than anybody. I said it before, the Penn State, of the National Football League are Dallas Cowboys. Bounder Johnson with a big prediction in the chat that Carolina will beat Dallas. Billy Ray, any chance the Panthers put up a fight against Dallas? I just don't see it, man. I just, I don't see it. I know Frank Wright took over play calling again. Maybe that'll help a little bit. But they're just not a good team. Panthers are just not a good team. I can't imagine that they beat Dallas, but who knows? Dallas did lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe our man Miles Sanders will get back on track and have a big game because he really hasn't done much in Carolina this year. But can't imagine the Cowboys lose that game to the Panthers. Another good 1 o'clock game. As we've talked about before, this NFC really comes down to four other teams for the number one seed, one of them being the Cowboys. They should win. The other is the Detroit Lions. And we keep talking about how the Detroit Lions have the best record, excuse me, the best schedule, easiest schedule the rest of the way out. And it starts right now with the Chicago Bears, which we're all saying is easy wins. They got two games against Chicago, should be easy wins. But Justin Fields is back this week, and I know he hasn't played that great this season, but you never know. I told you guys, I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't put my money on the Chicago Bears. But I would not be shocked if the Chicago Bears go into Detroit and win that game. Not putting money on it. Not saying you should put money on it. But I would not be shocked if the Chicago Bears go into Detroit as a a 7.5-point dog and win that game. But we'll see. What else we got in the chat? Bounder Johnson, Carolina has zero reason to win, which is exactly why it will happen. All right, Bounder Johnson, I'm going to come back on here Monday, man. And if you are right, I'm going to give you a ton of credit on Monday if the Panthers upset the Cowboys. I'll tell you what, that would make our weekend, though, wouldn't it? Jim G, a little late to the party. Good morning. Happy Friday to you also. Billy Ray, we could use a Detroit loss more than a Dallas or San Francisco loss. I agree. Number one. They're the only two-loss team of those four teams. But I've said it before on this show, we don't play Detroit. 
The Eagles can control their own destiny by beating these other teams. Look, if they win out, they obviously control their own destiny. But they can control their own destiny simply by beating the 49ers, beating the Seahawks, beating the Cowboys again. But they don't get an opportunity to play the Detroit Lions this regular season. So we need somebody else to beat these guys to make it a little bit easier of a road for the Eagles to get that number one seed. Could it happen on Sunday? I think it could. Chicago Bears going into Detroit and upsetting the Detroit Lions. Another game, this one, it's interesting only because Antonio Pierce is doing such a good job as the head coach of the Raiders so far. But they are 13-point dogs against the Miami Dolphins. Miami should dominate that game, and I think they will. Where is that game? I think it's in Miami too, isn't it? Yeah, in Miami. I don't think the Las Vegas Raiders have a real shot there. 13-point dogs. The New York Giants, eight-and-a-half-point dogs to the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell. Don't look now, but Sam Howell leading the league in yards. Been impressed by Sam Howell. But that game, unfortunately, doesn't really mean much for the Eagles. Already beaten the Commanders twice this season. Then you got the Arizona Cardinals, five-point dogs to the Houston Texans. Only reason I have interest in that game is I'd like to see C.J. Stroud continue to do a good job. Seems like a real good kid, man. Easy to root for, easy to like. Doing such a good job, doing things that no rookie quarterback has ever done, C.J. Stroud. Then you got the Tennessee Titans playing the Jacksonville Jaguars as seven-point dogs. Dougie P, does he bounce back after a tough loss to the 49ers? I think he does. Pittsburgh and Cleveland looked like it was going to be a really good game. Now Deshaun Watson's out, but the Browns are still favored. They have such a good defense. What the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing is winning with smoke and mirrors right now. It's amazing they keep winning football games. You got the L.A. Chargers against the Green Bay Packers. Packers are dogs in that game, and I think that game is in Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. Yeah, in Green Bay. So the Green Bay Packers are dogs in their own building, three-point dogs. Then you got the Tampa Bay Bucks in San Francisco. San Francisco, 12-point favorite in that game. Probably don't see that happen. As much as we want to see the San Francisco 49ers lose, probably not going to happen this weekend. But the biggest shot I see of one of those four teams losing. So we talked about the 49ers. They probably beat the Bucks. Lions should beat the Bears, but don't be surprised if it happens. You heard it here. Dallas should beat Carolina. Then you got the Seattle Seahawks. I could see the Seattle Seahawks losing this game. I said it yesterday. It's in L.A. against a division rival, the Los Angeles Rams. And the line tells me something here. The line tells me something. So you got, what time's that game at? 425. In L.A., Seahawks are only a one-point favorite in that game. So that's telling me Rams are going to win this game. That's the one loss I see of these four teams that I would put money on would be Los Angeles Rams coming off their bye, Stafford coming back. I think they win that game. I think they win that game. But what do you guys think of those four teams, Niners, Lions, Seahawks, Cowboys, any of them losing on Sunday? Let me know in the chat who you think 
is going to lose. I know Bounder Johnson already thinks the Cowboys are going down. But like to see who you think who else is going to lose. Then you got the Jets and the Bills. The only reason that we have interest in that game is to see what does Buffalo do now. They fired their offensive coordinator. They've looked like they're on a downward spiral. It's important for the Eagles because Eagles have them on a short week coming off that Monday night game. So I'll be sure to be checking that game out. And then Sunday night, Minnesota Vikings and Josh Dobbs against the Denver Broncos. Broncos are favored in that game. And I don't know if you guys saw yesterday. All over the place. The NFL shared it. ESPN shared it. Josh Dobbs sent a signed jersey to a little boy who suffers from alopecia. And it just happens to be that that little boy is the son of a friend of mine that I golf with at my club. So it was pretty cool to see. He's a local kid, but they're Vikings fans. They used to live in upstate New York. Now they're down here. And it was a great video. If you saw it, let me know. But just a really good kid, good family. So that was cool to see that get shared everywhere. The kid was so excited. So I'm pulling for Josh Dobbs. I said that before. I'm a big fan of his, and he just keeps making me a fan of his. So just really, really cool if you guys were able to check that out. And then what do we got? What's the Sunday night game? Oh, Sunday night game is Minnesota. Yeah, Sunday night game is Minnesota. So that'll be cool to see Josh Dobbs in prime time going up against Russell Wilson, who's actually played good this year. Actually played pretty well. I know that. We all like to get on Josh, or excuse me, Russell Wilson. But you look at the stats, they're not playing that badly. They're not playing that badly coming off of the dumpster fire they were last season. So we'll continue to uh, talk about these games on Monday because we get another day of us being able to talk before the Philadelphia Eagles-Kansas City Chiefs game because we'll talk on Monday. So we'll take a look at some of these games, some of these results but I'm going to remember what you guys are saying in the chat. So we got Bounder Johnson saying Panthers are going to win. We got Jim G saying the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks. That's my thoughts as well. What else you guys got here? Thunderbird. C.J. Stroud should be in the MVP conversation. He really should. He's playing that well. Billy Ray, did anyone else notice this is our next four games? Chiefs, Chiefs off of a bye. Bills on a short week. Niners coming off a Thursday game. And Dallas coming off a Thursday game. Yeah, Billy Ray. Not an easy stretch for this Philadelphia Eagles team. Not only because of the teams that are playing, but the way the schedule has played out. Not ideal. Now, look, it's hard to be upset about the Chiefs coming off a bye. The Eagles are coming off a bye as well. But those next few games, yep, just kind of the way the schedule worked out with Thanksgiving and, you know, the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. So not going to be an easy stretch, and we've talked about it before. I think the Eagles need to go three and two. I think they're going to do better than that, just so you know. I think they're going to do better than that over the next five. But if they go three and two, that should go a long way to solidifying that number one seed because if they go three and two over the next five, that gives them a real possibility of going 14 and 3. And if they go 14 and 3, that would mean the Lions over their next few games would have to go what do they got? 8 games left. They'd have to go 7 and 1 just to tie the Eagles and then worry about tiebreakers. I can't imagine the Lions go 7 and 1 the rest of the way out. So, let's hope but if the Eagles can go 4 and 1 over the next 
five, which I think they could. And I see DB talking, saying five and zero, oh, baby. I've said it before. We've talked about it. I will no longer refer to this stretch as the gauntlet. You heard me say it to Farzi yesterday as well. We are the gauntlet. And this Eagles team could beat all five of these teams. Won't be easy for the reasons that you guys just mentioned in the chat about the, what, the way the schedule works out, Billy Ray pointed out. But if they do even go 4-1 and one over the next five, that gives them a chance to go 15-2. and two. And Dan Kelly Green Burrito says 7-1 and one on the way out, 15-2. and two. That gives us the number one seed. But none of these teams, none of these teams scare me. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are better than every single one of these teams in the NFC. Better roster, better quarterback. We talked about it on the show before. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. And I said that on this show, and Jacob clipped it and shared it on their Twitter. And a lot of people were commenting underneath, oh, look at Dak Prescott's stats. How could you say that no one else is close to him? Dak Prescott is not on the same level as Jalen Hurts. He has proven year after year, talking about Dak Prescott, that when the games matter, when the playoffs arrive, Dak Prescott will be Dak Prescott and lose the football game. And he is not on Jalen Hurts' level. So you name another quarterback in the NFC that we should be concerned about as Eagles fans because it doesn't exist. And when we get back, I've been talking a lot about Jalen Hurts being the best quarterback in the NFC. Well, I want to talk about head coaches in the NFC. Because I went through and looked at all the head coaches in the NFC, and I think Nick Sirianni sits at the top. So when we get back, I want your opinion, and we're going to talk about it. The NFC and who is the best head coach in the NFC. Hit that like button. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven, three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams. 
deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this football Friday. And in the first segment, we started to talk a little bit about Nick Sirianni being the best head coach in the NFC. And you look up and down this NFC, and I'm taking Nick Sirianni over every single one of these guys. And before we look around the league, let's just look at what Nick Sirianni has done to start his career as a head coach. His regular season record is 31-12. and That gives him a winning percentage of 721. Now, to put that into perspective, and I know these guys did it for a lot longer, so I am not saying he is on their level yet. But you look at that winning percentage of 721. And just to put that into perspective, Don Shula, one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. Career winning percentage, 677. Andy Reid, career winning percentage, 644. Bill Belichick, 662. Chuck Knoll, Pittsburgh Steelers, 566. Now, they did it for a lot longer. I know it's not a fair comparison. But I'm saying to just look at what Sirianni has done to put it into perspective at how good the start of his career has been. The Philadelphia Eagles have held or been tied for the best record in the NFL since week one of 2022. Sirianni is the 11th coach to start seasons with back-to-back 8-1 and starts. There's only 10 other coaches since 1970 that have taken their team 
to back-to-back eight-and-one starts. And you look at some of these names. Tony Dungy, Mike Shanahan, Marv Levy, Bill Parcells, George Seifert, Tom Landry, John Madden, Don Shula, Ted Marchabroda, and Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer, he inherited a stacked team from Jimmy Johnson. But you look at some of the names on that list. Belichick's never done it. Andy Reid has never done it. And these are two of the greatest coaches of all time have never started back-to-back seasons. Eight and one. So I would take Nick Sirianni over every single one of these coaches in the NFC. I'm not talking the NFL. AFC has good coaches. Andy Reid is in the AFC. And as much as I love Sirianni, Andy Reid outcoached Sirianni in the second half of Super Bowl 57. And that's not a shot at Sirianni. You're going up against a future Hall of Fame coach, maybe the best to ever do it in Andy Reid. But let's take a look around the NFC. And you tell me if you would take any of these guys over Sirianni. Let's start with all the coaches that have losing records throughout their career. Dennis Allen for the New Orleans Saints. It's amazing this guy still has a job. His career coaching record is 19-42. and 42. Anybody taking Dennis Allen over Sirianni? No. Let's stay in the NFC South. Tampa Bay Bucks head coach, Todd Bowles. I root for Todd. Temple guy, used to be here in Philadelphia. I don't think he is a great head coach. His head coaching career is 37 and 54, winning percentage of 407. Anybody taking Todd Bowles over Sirianni? I'm not. Dang Kelly Green Burrito isn't. Keeping it in the NFC South. Atlanta Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith. So far throughout his career, 18-24. and 24. Hasn't had a great team in Atlanta, but I'm not taking him over Nick Sirianni. Anybody in the chat taking Arthur Smith? No. Well, let's look as we stay in the NFC South at Nick Sirianni's mentor, Frank Reich. We'll always love Frank Reich for his contributions to Super Bowl 52 and that Philadelphia Eagles team. But Reich has a winning record in his career as a head coach, but it's getting close and it's going the other way. He's 41-39-1 as a head coach. And I'm taking Sirianni over Frank Reich. I like Frank Reich. Never want to say bad things about Frank Reich because of his contributions to this Eagles team that won that Super Bowl. But I am taking Nick Sirianni. So that eliminates every head coach from the NFC South. Let's keep doing this exercise, guys. Well, now let's go to the NFC North. You got a lot of winning coaches in the NFC North. But let's start with the Chicago Bears. Matt Eberfluss, 5-20 and 20 in his career. And that Chicago team has been a disaster No way I'm taking Matt over Nick Sirianni. Let's eliminate him. Well, then you got the Minnesota head coach, Kevin O'Connell, 
won a lot of games. He's 17-8, and eight, did win the NFC North last year. Didn't do anything in the playoffs. Decent coach, Kevin O'Connell. Not better than Nick Sirianni. So, anybody taking Kevin O'Connell? I'm not. Eliminate him. Let's go over to Green Bay. Matt LaFleur. 49-24 and 24 in his career. A 671 winning percentage. Three NFC North championships. But what's he doing without Aaron Rodgers? Not much. I still think LaFleur is a decent coach. But I'm taking Sirianni over LaFleur. And I see DB talking now saying Nick just represents everything this city is about. And we are winning on top of it. I'm going with Nick every day. Me too, brother. Me too. And I see Bridget Tobin checked in in the chat. She's a little biased saying it's the best show ever. But I appreciate the kind words. But I'm not taking Matt LaFleur either. And I see Billy Ray saying he'd consider Kevin O'Connell. I'm not taking Kevin O'Connell over Nick Sirianni. So I'm eliminating Kevin O'Connell. I'm eliminating Matt LaFleur. The next coach in the NFC North is Dan Campbell. Maybe your coach of the year this year, the way things are stacking up. Throughout his career, he's 23-30-1, but he is headed in the right direction. I think Dan Campbell is a very good coach, very aggressive coach, loves to go for it on fourth down. You saw what he did last week in that big win going for it at the end of the game. But I'm still taking Sirianni over Campbell. I'm taking Sirianni over Campbell. But I do think Campbell is a good coach. So then let's go to the NFC West. And the NFC West has a lot of good coaches. Well, let's start with one that I know none of you are taking over Nick Sirianni. And that's the Arizona Cardinals head coach, Jonathan Gannon. Anybody want JG back instead of Sirianni? The answer is no for me. But then that leaves three really good coaches in the NFC West. So let's put them on hold for a second. You got Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Let's put them on hold and let's bounce over to the NFC East because I don't think there's anyone in Sirianni's class of the NFC East. You got Mike McCarthy in Dallas. I know he's won a Super Bowl. I know he has a 671 winning percentage in his career. I want nothing to do with Mike McCarthy. I think he won that Super Bowl in Green Bay in spite of himself. So I'm not taking Mike McCarthy. Ron Rivera had some success in Carolina. He may not even last the rest of the year in Washington. So I'm not taking Ron Rivera either. Then you got Brian Dable. I was a little bit nervous about Brian Dable when the Giants hired him. I thought they finally got it right with their head coach after some of the disasters with Joe Judge and Ben McAdoo. So I'm not taking Brian Dable at this point after seeing what's happened this year in New York over Nick Sirianni. But I do still think Dable could be a good coach. But you're seeing really two completely different years from what he did last year to what's going on this year. So who knows? 
what's going on with Brian Dable. So I'm not taking him either. So now that leaves really, in my opinion, three guys that should even be in the conversation as to would you take them over Nick Sirianni in the NFC. And we have Pete Carroll for the Seahawks, Sean McVay for the Los Angeles Rams, and Kyle Shanahan for the San Francisco 49ers. And I see 11-17 saying any current coach with a Super Bowl win is better than Sirianni. You think that? So you would take Mike McCarthy over Nick Sirianni right now. And remind me, eleven seventeen. are you a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan? I just want to know who I'm talking to over there. Cowboys or Eagles fan, eleven seventeen. You just say, yep, I just want to know what you are. Cowboys or Eagles? So it looks like, looks like we're waiting for eleven seventeen to check in. Eagles! So, as an Eagles fan, eleven seventeen. if you had your choice right now between Nick Sirianni as your head coach or Mike McCarthy as your head coach, you're telling me that you would go with Mike McCarthy simply because he won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers? Because to me, that doesn't make any sense. Because he has, you look at some of the decisions that Mike McCarthy has made over the years. And there is no way I'm taking Mike McCarthy over Nick Sirianni. I don't care that he has a Super Bowl ring. So, to me, this comes down to Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan. And I will say this. Let's start with Kyle Shanahan. Great coach. Done some great things. To me, he's not Nick Sirianni. And I know he's a great offensive mind. And I forget the exact statistic, but you have seen it. When Kyle Shanahan's teams have trailed in the second half, he loses every damn time. Every time. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator on the Atlanta Falcons team that blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. And when they went head-to-head last year, Shanahan and Sirianni, the Eagles dominated it. And I know all the Niners fans are going, oh, well, we lost Brock Purdy. Well, your head coach, Kyle Shanahan, the genius Kyle Shanahan, decided to block one of the best defensive players in the league, Hassan Reddick, one-on-one with a backup tight end. And that's why Brock Purdy got hurt. So I don't want to hear any excuses about why the 49ers lost the NFC championship game to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was because Kyle Shanahan decided to put a backup tight end one-on-one with Hassan Reddick, one of the best pass rushers in the league. And what happened was Reddick beat him. Does that become a surprise to anyone that Reddick just completely beat this backup tight end, took Purdy out. That one was on Shanahan. So all these Niners fans who want to keep talking about how if Purdy didn't get hurt, if Purdy didn't get hurt, you're the reason Purdy got hurt. 
That wasn't a fluke injury. It wasn't like he was running and rolled an ankle or tore an ACL. He got knocked out of that game because your coach decided to block one of the best defensive players in the league with a backup tight end. That's what's bothered us Eagles fans so much. That's why Wine Niners Wine's name is Wine Niners Wine. If it was a fluke injury, okay, maybe we could sit here and say, all right, guys, we get it. You had two quarterbacks get hurt with fluke injuries. No, both of your quarterbacks got knocked out of that game because they got sacked because we had a better defensive line than the Niners did in that game last year. So I'm sick of hearing that from 49ers fans. It's getting me worked up again. So that eliminates Kyle Shanahan for me from the conversation. So now you're talking Pete Carroll and Sean McVay, two very good coaches, two coaches who have won Super Bowls. But right now, if you ask me right now who I'd rather have, and I'm not saying that you look at their total careers, that Sirianni is better than Pete Carroll or better than Sean McVay. But right now, in 2023, I'm taking Nick Sirianni. I'm taking Nick Sirianni. And when you look at all these teams and all these coaches that I'm talking about, about whether or not you take Sirianni or those head coaches, well, let's take it one step further. Because I think Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. I've told you I'd take Sirianni over any other coach in the NFC. But even if you wouldn't, even if you have questions about the quarterback being at the top or Sirianni being at the top as standalones, is there any duo you'd rather have than Hertz and Sirianni? Because to me, now it isn't even close. Now it isn't even close. So we talked about Pete Carroll. Debatable whether or not you take Sirianni over Carroll. But would you take Sirianni and Hertz over Carroll and Geno Smith? You're damn right you would. You look at Sean McVay. Debatable whether you take Sirianni over McVay. But would you take Sirianni and Hertz over McVay and Matthew Stafford at this point in Stafford's career? Damn right I would. I'm going Sirianni and Hurts. Kyle Shanahan, I told you I'm taking Sirianni over Shanahan. But even if you're up in the air on that one, would you rather have Sirianni and Hurts or Shanahan and Brock Purdy? I'm taking Sirianni and Hurts every day of the week. And then we had 11-17 talking about Mike McCarthy that he'd rather take Mike McCarthy because he's won a Super Bowl. Well, would you rather have McCarthy and Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni? Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni (laughs) or Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott? Can't even believe I have to pose that question, 11-17. But please tell me in the chat that you wouldn't take Dak and McCarthy over Sirianni and Hurts. And now you got Wine Niners Wine throwing the GM into the mix, Howie Roseman. You look at those three, 
There's nobody on the Eagles level. Nobody on the Eagles level in the NFC. So I wanted to do this exercise because we are in a good spot, man. We are in a really good spot. Sitting here 8-1, and one, best record in the NFL. Really the only thing that matters, the best record in the NFC. And you have the best head coach, quarterback combination by far in the NFC. And I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's close. And I'm not just saying these things to say them. We just went through and looked at all of the coaches in the NFC. And when you add their quarterback in the mix with it, Sirianni and Hertz are leaps and bounds above every other duo in the National Football Conference. But Monday night isn't up against one of these NFC opponents. It's up against one of the best teams in the AFC. And when you talk about the combo and the duo of Sirianni and Hertz, there's a pretty damn good one on the other side on Monday night in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Maybe the best to ever do it. We'll see how long they continue to do it. But they may go down as one of the best duos of all time with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But I appreciate all you guys engaging in the chat. I love it. And 11-17, just because I disagree with you about McCarthy doesn't mean I don't love the fact that you are engaging in the chat. I love that you guys share your opinions. I love that you're here every day on the Power Hour, which I've said before is not my show. It's our show. So continue to keep engaging in the chat. Love to hear from all of you guys. And if you're not already following me on Twitter at Bill Calarulo, Instagram at Legal Hands of the Face, give me a follow when the show is over and send me messages. Engage. Let me know things you want to talk about. Let me know your opinions on things. I post a lot of content, a lot of videos about our Philadelphia Eagles on those pages. Let me know what your thoughts are. Rich McClatchy, I appreciate that, man. I do appreciate you saying we have a great show. I appreciate it. Dank Kelly Green Burrito. When Sam Howe leads the NFL in passing yards, it's just a weak year for quarterbacks. Teams have adjusted. You know, the thing is, Dank Kelly Green Burrito, it's also because I think the commanders have been down in a lot of games, you know, forcing to throw the football. But Sam Howe has impressed me. He's impressed me with the beating he has taken back there. The fact that he still has the amount of yards that he has is crazy. Wow, now David Laprati Jr. puts out a great question. Would you take Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb or Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts? Great question. Now, the only reason I'm going to say Sirianni and Hurts, and please let me preface this with love Andy, Love Donovan. But they had their chance, and they never delivered a Lombardi trophy in this town. We still have hope that Sirianni and Hertz will deliver us that Lombardi trophy. And I just love Jalen Hurts as a leader. 
And FFE Explorer just took it right out of my mouth saying Hertz is a better leader than McNabb. Hertz is a better leader than McNabb. I think McNabb sometimes gets a little bit more heat than he should have gotten. I think he had a very successful career here in Philadelphia. He was a really good quarterback for this team. But Jalen Hurts is on a different level as a leader. The culture that he sets, the standard that he brings, is on a different level than any quarterback I've seen in Philadelphia in my lifetime. And that's not taking anything away from how good McNabb was, how good Vic was, Ron Jaworski, Randall Cunningham, good quarterbacks for this team. But the leader that Jalen Hurts is, I have never seen at the quarterback position in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform before. And that's not taking a shot at any other quarterback that's ever suited up for the Eagles. Even Nick Foles. And Nick Foles was great. But what you're seeing from Jalen Hurts is on a different level. We'll see what else you got in the chat. Jim G, does Jalen win the Super Bowl in 04? That's tough, man. That is tough. The Eagles had that game, too. Should have won that Super Bowl in 2004. Bill Ray, my issue with McNabb is he thinks he's better than he was. He was very good, but not great. Dan Kelly, Green Burrito, Nick Foles is the GOAT. 11-17, Eagles front lines are the leaders. You know, the Eagles do have leaders on their lines, obviously, with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. But to think that Jalen Hurts isn't one of the main leaders on this team is just incorrect, man. Jalen Hurts showed coming in as Carson Wentz's backup as a rookie that he was a leader Players started to rally behind Jalen Hurts extremely early, even though he was a young guy, even though he still is a young guy. Make no mistake, Jalen Hurts sets the tone of this team. You hate me, 856, says McNabb was great. Wish he had the roster the Eagles have now. now. That is the one thing about Donovan McNabb. You look at what he was able to do with the receivers that he had throughout his career. And it is impressive. Outside of 2004, when they gave him Terrell Owens, he never had a stud wide receiver. He was throwing the guys like Hank Baskett, Todd Pinkston, Reggie Brown. You know, they gave him D-Jax, and he had a lot of success with Deshaun Jackson. I think he played with Jeremy Macklin for a little while. Donovan never had that stud wide receiver outside of that year in 2004 with T.O. And when he did have Deshaun Jackson, D.Jax, I think, was a, was a rookie that year, if I'm not mistaken. So McNabb did a lot not having some great wide receivers. But, guys, you've said it before, and I'm going to agree with you. This hour goes way too fast. So we weren't able to really look at the matchups for Monday night, but the good news is we will be back here on Monday at 10 o'clock, and we will take a look at all the matchups 
between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you want a little teaser, head on over to my Instagram because I'm already posting videos about this matchup. I posted a video about the running game, the Kansas City Chiefs running defense. I posted a video about how both teams can really get after the quarterback. So take a look at that one about sacks. I got some more coming about turnovers and takeaways, passing defense versus that passing offense. So head on over at Legal Hands to the Face or on Twitter at Bill Calarulo. If you're feeling up to it, follow me on both, but send me messages. Let me know things you want to talk about. Let me know your opinions underneath videos about things I'm talking about. I really do appreciate the engagement. But like we end every single show with a little today in sports history, this one I thought was interesting. November 17th, 1940, the Green Bay Packers became the first NFL team ever to travel by plane. How about that? November 17th, 1940, the Green Bay Packers, first team to ever travel by plane. Now we got teams going to Germany, London. We're international now, baby. But November 17th, 1940, the Pack were the first team to travel by plane. And before we head out, just checking in some of the stuff in the chat. Jim G, need a longer show, Bill. I appreciate it. You have an awesome weekend. Tank Kelly Green Burrito, I just want to thank my hands for being so great. He's talking about Freddie Mitchell, who FF Explorer talked about, the people's champion, fourth and 26. David Laprati Jr., Brian Westbrook was the best player. Loved B. West. Loved B. West. Was so happy when they drafted him out of Villanova that year. Billy Ray, let's up this to two hours on Monday. We will see, DB talking. We will see, Billy Ray. But have a great weekend, everybody. I appreciate you all being here. Enjoy your Sunday watching football, watching the Red Zone. Check out those two big Flyers games Saturday and Sunday. Big Sixers game tonight. Another big Sixers game this weekend. So I will see all of you guys on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully I'll see some of you on my social channels. Engage with me there. But as always, I got, ooh, as always guys, look at me stuttering under my words. I'm ready for Friday night. But as always, guys, go Birds. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.